0: Hello, welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's a great pleasure. To welcome to today's program, Till Dengel, who is Global Head of Digital Logistics Solutions Management at SAP. And today we're going to talk about supply chain resilience, why it's a high priority today. So you know, historically, supply chain professionals have focused their efforts on reducing costs and improve, improving efficiency, um, but you know, while, while also obviously meeting customer service expectations. But today, however, um, it's becoming important for companies not just to balance cost and efficiency, but to balance it with something else, and that is supply chain resilience. So why is supply chain resilience becoming a high priority today? How can supply chain technologies help uh, companies create and maintain a a resilient supply chain? And which capabilities are most important? Well, those are the main questions we're going to discuss in today's episode. And it's great to have Till on the program to share his insights and perspective on on this topic. So Till, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you, Adrian. Very happy to be here. Good to see you again.
0: Yes, like myself. So, Till, you and I know each other. Gosh, maybe fifteen. You know, yeah, twenty years. Um, I don't think I've ever asked you this question though, which is a question that I often ask first-time guests to to talk in logistics. Uh, and that is, before we dive into the topic, I'm always curious. You know, how people get involved in this industry. So, why don't you briefly tell us a little bit about your career path? You know, how and why you got involved with supply chain logistics and what your current role and responsibilities are there at at SAP?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been it's been a few years that we know each other, Adrian, definitely. And um, I started with SAP in uh, 2000, actually, so 22 years ago. Uh, Prior to SAP, I worked at DHL, uh, both on the air and ocean side and also on the logistics side. And then in 2000, that got me into SAP as a a senior consultant around supply chain. And since then, I've been with SAP, uh, mostly around the supply chain domain. So I've been leading our industry business unit for travel and transportation. So the rail, the carriers, the freight forwarders, uh, the airlines for eight years. Um, and then I also incubated a business or helped to incubate a business for a couple of years around data monetization. So a completely different topic. And then a few years back, I came back into supply chain and I now look after, after the digital logistics piece um, of our supply chain software, which is mainly around transportation, warehouse management, our fulfillment solutions, um, and the networks.
0: Great. Well, you know, I started my, uh, uh, uh journey as an industry analyst in 1999 so we've known each other then for 22 plus years for sure because i think we we both uh, got to know each other early on in, in my career there um and it's great so it sounds like you know obviously you got your you know, dhl you got your start in, uh, at supply chain logistics there at sap you know kind of focus somewhere else but eventually the, the pull of supply chain you know uh, brought you back into the into the industry and certainly this is one of the uh, you know the most exciting and, and dynamic areas that you know to be in um, and, and of course, the topic that we're talking about today, supply chain resilience is, is one of them. So so let's get started here. Um, you know, in a survey that we, you know, co- recently conducted with members of our Indago supply chain community, uh, and these are all supply chain executives from, you know, manufacturing, retail and distribution companies, um, you know, more than three quarters of the respondents, 76% said that making their supply chains more resilient is either a very high priority or a high priority today. So I guess my first question is, does that result surprise you? And why has supply chain resilience become a high priority today?
1: Yeah, uh, first I have to say, it's not surprising, right? I mean, what we hear every day from our customers goes in the same direction. And I think also if you read other other um studies that they they conclude in the same form and fashion i um, mean it's and it's interesting right so for me the last 18 20 months um, that we've been through covid it was the first time in my lifetime that i went to the supermarket and you've seen empty shelves right and then um of course we've been through all different different kinds of shortages and uh, and crises are uh, in different dimensions, right? I, I remember the Suez Canal um, blocking that was very present here in Europe, right? And then resulting from that, you had congestion at the ports, and then in North America, shortage in you know workforce. Um, and I can also see this here because many, you know, many of the workers that have been uh, in supply chain related jobs now have shifted into other jobs, and we see a shortage here. So it's definitely a big topic, and that's the same thing that we hear from our customers. So. Customers in the last, I would say, 20, 18 months um, have approached us and said, what can we do to, you know, bring solutions in supply chain uh, to market more quickly, right? How can we more quickly get a market or get a a warehouse up and running? How can we ensure that, you know, if we can't deliver from one region, we can deliver from another region by implementing, uh, for example, new transportation management systems, things like that. So customers were really very actively looking for um, software solutions to cope with this problem.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, certainly, you know, COVID served as a catalyst, uh, you know, for a lot of the, you know, the challenges that companies uh, around the world started having with, with with supply chains. And I think it underscored, I mean, those of us that are in the industry, we, we all understand that, you know, supply chains are global, that supply chains are, are all aspects of supply chain are interconnected. Um, but I think the the broader public un, kind of understood that, that, you know, what happens in China, what happens in other parts of the world ultimately has a ripple effect and, and, and impacts, uh, you know, all of us. And I think the past two years has continued to show, you know, shown that with the, you know, whether you want to call it the bullwhip effect of, of what happened with COVID. Um, and then certainly some of the the, the ongoing um, underlying issues that have been happening for a while, but I think that COVID, you know, brought it to the surface, surface. like you said, you know, labor constraints um, has been an issue not only here in the U S but in Europe and other parts of the world as well. Um, so th- there's many different driving forces that are, uh, I think, dri- you know, ha- making companies really focus on this area in terms of not only how do we respond to COVID, but more importantly, how do we prepare our supply chains for the future? Because some of these things are, you know, after got, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later, you know, we put COVID behind us, you know, some of these other factors are going to remain, you know, moving forward. So I think that's where a lot of uh, companies are today. Um, you know, in the same survey, you know, we asked our Indago members, you know, how would you rate your current supply chain logistics technology capabilities relative to making your supply chain, you know, more resilient? And only 32 percent, again, 32 percent of the respondents rated their technology capabilities as either excellent or good in terms of helping them make their supply chains more resilient. And more than half of the respondents, 56 percent, rated their technology capabilities as only fair. Again, do these results surprise you? And, and what are some of the, I guess, historical technology challenges or limitations that companies face?
1: Mm. Yeah, also here, I wouldn't say it's it's a big surprise, right? So I think what, what happened in the last, whatever, 10, 15 years was that logistics and supply chain was looked at from an efficiency perspective, right? So everything, it was squeezing out costs, you know, getting, getting most out of your supply chain. And you've talked about how global supply chains are, right, sourcing from very far away. And that on the other side, that is now that makes supply chains very vulnerable, right? Because it's, you know, your suppliers are far away, you have long distances to cover. Um, and that's what, we, what we've what we been feeling through COVID, when suddenly, you know, the supplier base was, was not accessible because, you know, ports were shut down or because, you know, trucks couldn't cross borders and, and things like that. I think that's what we're now seeing. So in my perspective, what's changing is it's moving from efficiency uh, to more of a focus of, you know, how can I differentiate using my supply chain? How can I use my supply chain in my favor on one side so I can deliver to my customers and on the other side, um, yeah, so I can serve my customers in, in, in the best way, right? So I think that's been happening. And in my perspective, logistics and supply chain got a lot more focus and is now part more and more part of a boardroom discussion again. So it's not just cost, it's really that differentiation and and what can I do different uh, as part of uh, also the product experience? How can I bring in also the delivery experience into into a, a bigger experience for my customers? so that's in my perspective what's been happening and in covid what we've seen is that many customers were just stranded because they didn't have visibility they didn't know where the goods were and they could not react because they couldn't see what was going on so that's that for me was the strongest thing that we've seen in the last you know couple of months is that companies are focusing on getting that visibility and I mean, you can look into the the, the VC uh, area, venture capital. How much venture capital is flowing around in that space, and how many, you know, how how companies are valued in this space? So that's a very hot space. But that's just the beginning, um, you know, of, of that entire chain. You get the visibility, but then what do you do with it? Do you have the agility to react? What can you quickly do to then you know, still serve your customers, change your supply chain, adapt your supply chain? And that's where other technology comes in beyond just the visibility piece. We had a lot of requests in COVID um, for warehouse management system, right? How can I bring up a new warehouse because I suddenly have to have to get my, my goods from a different supplier? How can I bring up a new warehouse very quickly? We had requests like, how can I bring in a cobot in the warehouse so I can keep social distancing rules? Um, We had lots of requests for transportation management. So I get the the visibility from from any of the visibility providers uh, in in our logistics network. But what do you then do with it? How can you replan your transportation? Or how can you source a different carrier, for example, and things like that? So there's been many examples across the entire logistics field. And if I have to bring it together, one thing that we also still see a lot uh, coming back to the beginning of the question is that a lot of information still sits in silos. right? a lot of our you know companies we talk to they have a different system in asia than they have in the us than they have in, in europe still it's a global supply chain and they need to distribute information equally across these systems which is not always happening so there's still a lot of siloed information and manual processes in
0: between you know you raise a lot of great points there you know that that um, you know the fact that data and systems continue to be highly distributed um, I think the other the other point related to that is, you know, in some of those cases, you know, companies are working with systems that were developed back in the 1990s, or even 1980s. So they're not even, you know, modern, you know, types of of, of technology. So they create these kind of black holes. And of course, there's still a lot of manual processing, you know, that that takes place. Um, you know, you also mentioned how, you know, this has now been raised to the level of the, the, the C-level suite, you know, supply chain logistics, which I think is, a, if, if there's anything positive about the COVID pandemic, I think that's one of the positive things that it's now, you know, uh, if they weren't before, you know, CEOs, CFOs, and, and everyone in the C-suite now has a much greater appreciation for supply chain logistics and understanding that it's not just about being a cost center, that you know, this is a risk management uh, type of uh, uh, perspective as well, uh, customer service perspective, and then there's you know competitive differentiation here you know as well. You know, I remember one of the the internet memes that was going around related to digital transformation, and I. I, I I wish I can remember who to give credit to, but it was something along the lines of, you know, what served as the, you know, the catalyst for your digital transformation efforts? Was it your CEO? Was it your CEO? You know, CFO? Was it your CIO? And the answer was no, it was the COVID, you know, the COVID. (laughs) And I think that's true for a lot of companies where COVID really has served as that catalyst for digital transformation. Do you see that as well?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've we've seen you know bits of investment in certain of in some of these areas, but especially around visibility, that's where COVID came in, where suddenly everybody was you know blindsided, didn't know where the goods were. And that was the first request. How can I get more visibility? And then everything else followed. And that's you can also see that. Many companies use the time during COVID to really rethink their supply chains. Right? What do we have to do better in the future? How can we be more resilient? How can we be more agile? So they're really strategically looking at their supply chains, but they're also looking at the underlying systems and how can they renovate the systems um, that, that they work with day to day.
0: So you, you mentioned visibility, and certainly that that is a hot topic. I think it's been a hot topic since you and I since 1999 and, and 2000. Of course, you know how to enable visibility and the technology and everything else around that has evolved over the past 22 years, you know, like much of it. So this leads me to my next question. In addition to visibility, I mean, moving forward, I mean, what will be some of the most, you know, important supply chain technology capabilities that companies must have to create and maintain a resilient supply chain?
1: Yeah, I I would start with having a strong supply chain backbone, right? Everything from Taking the order, getting the order, confirming and promising the delivery date to the customer, then all the way through picking, packing, um, you know, delivery, of, you know, uh, transportation, final delivery, and then that visibility that you want to share with your customers. So I think having that backbone in place that's robust and that's scalable, and that you can, you know, that has somewhat of an elasticity if you need to. For peak seasons, for example, if you need to ramp it up, and then maybe after Christmas ramp it down again. So that that's one thing having that backbone. And then on top of that, I think there's a lot of innovation um, that, that you know that, that can also support um, being more resilient. So one is the visibility piece. One is a big one for us is the network piece, right? How can I work better with my business partners? So if I don't have or don't find a supplier or carrier in one area, how can I quickly find somebody else in my network? In an automated way, not you know over the phone, over email, but how can I quickly tender, for example, to an Uber Freight to find somebody to move the load, or how can I tender into my network? So I think networks is a very big piece here to give you that agility and flexibility that you need. And then um, the other adjacent area that I that I see is automation in the warehouse, right? One is. Fully automated warehouses, which of course you can you, you do in your big distribution centers, but even in smaller warehouse operations, having more and more robotics, um, so you can bridge peak times, for example, and you can just support your workforce with additional, um, you know, additional movements and additional peaks that are coming in. Uh, and then the, the the last one I would like to mention is the the risk management part of it, right? That you don't just um, tactically and operationally look at visibility, but that you really identify risks as they come in. And there's many providers out there that you know give you risk management data, for example, for weather patterns coming in, or if something else happens in your supply chain, and then project that on your supply chain to see what locations will be impacted in the coming days, what shipments that I have planned will be impacted in the coming days, and how can I use the time that I still have, you know, two, three days, maybe before such a bad weather comes in to react and to be proactive, I think that's a that's going to be a very big topic going forward.
0: A lot, a lot of great points. I mean, I'm I'm a big proponent of of networks and you know the role that connected networks play in you know enabling um, uh, you know supply chain resilience and you know and helping to um, you know bring particularly the, the long tail of suppliers and carriers and and other trading partners into the you know the ecosystem that, that companies have you know, to, to work with, you know, when you talked about thinking about the, the whole order, you know, order to cash process or order to pay process, you know, it brings me back to that, you know, classic Harvard business review uh, article about staple yourself to a purchase order and really, you know, understanding, you know, kind of map that whole process. And I think if you do that and then understand what, where are the technology touch points that go along with every step in that process, you'll be able to identify where they, where the weak links are. And I think you know, we, we don't talk about uh, you know ERP that much these days, or at least it's it's not. But but I think this is when you talk about the order management piece and the financial piece, everything else. That's a, that's a critical component of this, right? That the even though you know it's not quote unquote sexy anymore to talk about ERP, but that is for a lot of companies. When you you, you mention backbone, that is part of that backbone, right?
1: Yeah, that's that's a robust backbone, and then you know, aside on you know, the order management is the, the start of the process. And then also in the end, the, the, the finish of the process is basically the finance and the controlling, right? So also talking about, we, we like to talk a lot about transportation management systems around optimization of the load and 3D load planning, all the fancy stuff. But I think there is still a lot of efficiency gains to be made in, Automatically charging, um, uh, you know, automatically creating the credit note for your carriers, with without touching it, right, and then transferring the data into your finance uh, system and into your controlling system um, to eventually keep track of the accruals and everything. So I think in those spaces that are, like you say, that not the most sexy because they're not fancy, they're not using, you know, that much new technology. But I think that's where you get can still gain a lot of efficiency um, out of those systems and the interplay between the different. Uh, between the different areas of the business, right? Transportation with the finance department or transportation in the beginning of the process with the
0: customer service department, for example. Right, no, absolutely. And I think the the other aspect with, with, you know, going back to the networks piece, you know, I think one of the key enablers of the cloud, I mean, uh, of the network has been the move toward, you know, the cloud technology. I mean, I think for a lot of companies, particularly going back to what happened with COVID, for a lot of companies that were still reliant on, let's say client server applications that were in-house and now they had to work from home and they really had no way to you know, access their business systems. You know, Those are the companies that really felt the pain the most. So I would, I would think that kind of for companies that have been laggard to move into cloud technology, I think taking a look at cloud, uh, moving toward the cloud, I think it has to be another, I would imagine be another component to what's gonna be important moving forward
1: yeah absolutely and and for different reasons right one is the strategic region reason like you just said that you can work from anywhere right it helps with the business transformation you can bring up systems more quickly Um, you have more elasticity just in the compute power that that you may need which is one part of the coin the other piece is then of course um capex versus Opex right which is a big topic in in the logistics field and then of course there is there is a lot of uh, IT benefits that you would get in terms of TCO in terms of process standardization and for me the the biggest thing in the cloud is not all the IT related stuff and also the commercial side which of course is important but that you can do joint business processes with your carriers for example right so if I look at our logistics business network um, the shipper and the carrier work on the same business document in the same system, they share the same information. And that goes all the way from tendering the load to managing the doc appointment to eventually managing the dispute. So you handle the dispute before you transfer to your controlling and finance system, right? So it's really managing joint business processes on, on a single source of information, um, which, which is for me, the major benefit of cloud.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I think we, we often talk about the importance of, of collaboration you know, in this industry and communication as well. Um, and I think that's where, again, to, to kind of reinforce that point, underscore that point, that's where the cloud really, you know, has some great, um, you know, benefits is in truly helping companies walk the talk with regards to, you know, collaboration and communication and joint business, you know, processing. Uh, so, till you know, as a, as a way to wrap up then, I mean, what questions then should companies ask themselves to assess where they are today and, and what actions they should, take moving forward with regards to creating a a more resilient supply chain?
1: Good one. I would, yeah, I think I would break it down into three questions, right? One is, do I have, do I have the visibility in place, right? Can I know at any point in time where my goods are? And can I, you know, provide this information to my customers and to my own department so they can be, you know, they can react and they are able to do something. So do I have that visibility and do I have the risk management practices in place to, to work based on that visibility that I have. I think that's the first question. And then the the, the follow on question is, do I have the agility, right? Even if I have the information that something will be laid, can I react, right? So do I have the connectivity, for example, into a network if I know that, you know, one carrier falls short um, or that my ocean, the ocean leg will be laid and I need to shift from Barge to truck in the you know in the in the last leg. Do I have the flexibility, the agility to actually move to a, and find a different carrier quickly? Um, and that is, I think, in transportation, uh, is, that's one area. But also in other areas of the business, right? Do I have that flexibility? If a worker calls in in the morning in the warehouse and says I'm sick, that I can still run the operations with my workforce and maybe. You know, complement that workforce with you know, automation, with cobots, with things like that. You know? And then the third one is do I have more of the long term flexibility, right? So let's say what I've seen a lot during COVID was where companies had, you know, single suppliers, for example, in China. Um, now moving into uh, different suppliers by region, right? That they have certain suppliers in the Asia Pacific region, some in Europe, some in, in the Americas region. And then, if one of the regions falls short, or one of the suppliers in the regions falls short, can I still supply maybe from another region, right? So, I, do I have that long-term flexibility to deal with these kind of demands and these kinds of shifts um, that I that I may have coming in the future? So, that for me is the is the you know the three different questions from very operational into
0: more strategic. Um, in the end. Yeah, no, th- those are three three great questions to kind of get started you know for, for sure. And um, you know, you know, like I always say at the end of all these episodes, you know we, we always this is such a meaty topic. you know, we could probably spend you know an entire day talking about this. Uh, but I will mention that you know some of the some of the research that we talked about today and, and some of these topics we're going to discuss further in an upcoming research report that's going to be published in the in the near future here. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, we'll, we'll, again, go into a little bit more detail on some of the data that we, we talked about today and, and some of these topics. Uh, but Till, uh, again, thank you very much for, for making uh, the time to be with us today and sharing your insights and perspective on this topic.
1: Thank you. Very happy to be here and um, happy to talk again.
0: Great. I want to thank those of you that joined us. If you're watching this episode on demand, either at the SAP website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for Till, Uh, feel free to post it there. And I'm sure that he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.